This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. A wake-up call, a warning light on the dashboard of your car, a pain in your chest that makes you gasp for air. I'm talking here about things that get your attention. Friends, keep all these in mind as we move through our gospel for today. The strange parable of the crafty steward. Because I think this story is all about sitting up and taking notice. It's all about waking up from spiritual slumber and being summoned to spiritual attention. The whole idea I know might strike us today as a bit bizarre. I mean, sure, we can get motivated to action when it comes to our cars. Your car suddenly in danger. You're going to move. You're going to act. About our bank accounts, if you thought you were losing money rapidly, you would take action. About our physical well-being, you have that pain in the chest. You have some, some strange seizure. Well, you're going to act. You're going to move. But the spiritual life? Eh, don't we sort of think that more or less takes care of itself? You know, God is love. All is finally right with the world. I don't have to really fuss too much about my spiritual life. I don't know. You'd never get that from reading the gospel. Here's a question posed one time by an old professor of mine. What's the difference between a priest and a doctor? Well, there's really no comparison. One deals with matters of life and death. The other is just concerned with the health of the body. <laughs> Take you by surprise. We tend to think, well, who's more important than a doctor that takes care of your physical health? Soul doctor might be more important. Someone that takes care of your spiritual well-being. You know, for centuries, really up until very recent times, people took the spiritual order with utmost seriousness. And you know what? They were right. How should we think about the spiritual? Well, don't think of it as something opposed to the material. It's something rather that's bigger than the material and which contains and contextualizes it. You know, a line from St. Thomas Aquinas I've quoted to you before. Thomas says, The soul is in the body, but not as contained by it, but containing it. Think about that. The soul, you see, the spiritual is greater than the body. It contextualizes it. It includes it. Stretches beyond it. Why? Why? Because the spiritual has to do with the eternal dimension. The spiritual now is what links us to God. And therefore, it's what goes beyond the merely passing, fleeting, evanescent world of space and time. And so, listen now, if anything, we should get worked up about the spiritual. If anything, we should be very concerned 
if our spiritual life is not in good shape. Now, Jesus' parable moves, as they often do, from the material order to the spiritual order. It's a very clever method. Jesus consistently uses it. To understand dynamics in the spiritual life, let's begin with something in the material order, which is probably easier to grasp. He tells of a rich man who had a steward who's been accused, and we imagine justly accused, of squandering his master's property. He's brought before the boss and told his employment is about to come to a close. So here's your wake-up call. You're going along in your job, you think it's all fine, and then one day you're called to the boss's office and you're basically uh, fired. You're let go. Mind you, too, in Jesus' time especially, this was a warning bell. Because there was no unemployment insurance, no social security. Somebody who was out of work, if they didn't have family support, was in desperate straits. I mean, like immediately. Notice how the man does a quick assessment. It's almost funny. He says, I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. In other words, I've got to do something drastic here. I can't support myself and I'm, I'm too ashamed to be a beggar. It's time to act. That's what he gets. So he hatches this morally questionable and frankly far from foolproof scheme. He reduces the debts of his master's debtors so that when he's dismissed, at least he'll have some friends who might take care of him. And again, I sort of smile at it. It does seem like a sort of far-fetched, rather desperate plan. You know, you owe my master 100, make it 50. You owe him 80, Make it 40. And I guess he's just banking on the fact that they'll appreciate this. And so when he's in trouble, they will come to help him. Yeah, it's kind of pathetic and it's nefarious. But you know what? It represents decisive action. He moved when it was time to move. He acted when the situation called for action. And then here's the wonderful twist that we don't expect. The master, when he finds out about this, you think he'd, he'd be doubly angry with the man. But in fact, is actually impressed. Jesus says, the master commended that dishonest steward for acting prudently. Now there's the word, prudently. He knew what to do in this desperate situation. He mustered the energy to act even if it was, you know, not only questionable, but a little bit uh, immoral, a little bit nefarious. But by God, he acted. Now, what are we to make of all this? Once again, we got to be sensitive to the subtle way that Jesus uses the material as a metaphor for the spiritual. We come to immediate attention when we're threatened financially. Perhaps the only state of affairs we find more worthy of our attention is becoming physically unhealthy. People will hem and haw for quite some time until they're convinced that their financial situation is threatened. And then they will act even desperately. Are we convinced that a threat to our spiritual warfare, welfare rather, can be just as grave? And are we willing accordingly to act? 
Can I suggest to you, friends, that's the question at the heart of this gospel. Are we convinced that a threat to our spiritual welfare can be just as grave, in fact, graver than threats to our financial well-being, threats to our physical health? And are we willing accordingly to act? What is a spiritual life all about? It's about our relation to God. The power which is here and now creating the cosmos. The power through whom we have a link to eternity. Our rapport with God, therefore, is of paramount significance in our lives. The gospel says this now over and over again. It's more important than family. More important than money. More important than our physical health. Jesus says, It profits a man nothing to gain the whole world and lose his soul. Can I suggest there is a universe of meaning in that famous saying. It profits you nothing if you've got everything, but you've lost your soul. In other words, you've lost your link to God. You've lost the spiritual dimension. See, look at it this way. As I mentioned, the spiritual is what contextualizes everything else in your life. If you have money, your spiritual consciousness will tell you how to use it. You have a family, your spiritual consciousness will tell you how to relate to them. You have success or fame or pleasure, your spiritual consciousness will tell you what to do with them. Why do people get lost? And you see it all the time. Talk to anyone involved in pastoral work. They get lost because they have all these worldly things, but they have lost their souls. Prophets a man nothing to gain the whole world, but lose his spiritual consciousness that links him to God. The great virtue of the unjust steward is that he realizes his parlous situation and he acts. So listen now. Maybe someone listening to me, I don't know where you, where you might be in your own life, where you might be in relation to God. Do you realize that your spiritual situation might be just as dangerous? Have you perhaps begun to lose your soul now, I'm not saying it just to, to uh, embarrass anybody or to be too hard on you. But that's very powerful language. Lose my soul. I've heard people say that to me. Father, I, I've got everything. But I somehow feel like I'm just losing my whole life. I'm losing my bearings. I'm losing what it's all about. They realize they're drifting out of a living contact with God. And see, that's enormously important in the spiritual order. Wake up call and now do something. You know, a story that always comes to mind when I think about these things. I'm sure you know the story about John Newton. John Newton was an Englishman who was a slave trader. He was involved in a particularly nefarious activity. He would take these ships to Africa. He would load 
slaves onto the ships like, like sardines, packing them in. Many thousands of Africans died in that terrible passage across the Atlantic Ocean. Well, John Newton was one of these ship captains. He was one of these nefarious slave traders. And one day, he's in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, having picked up a load of, of uh, slaves. He's halfway to America. And he had this extraordinary spiritual insight that he was lost, that he had lost his soul, even though he had gained an awful lot financially from this slave trade. And he stopped the ship, he turned it around, he went back to Africa, and he released the slaves. We know John Newton today because he wrote a song that we all sing called Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. See, the great thing behind that song, the great thing about John Newton was, like the unjust steward, he had a wake-up call. He realized that he was in danger of losing his soul. And by God, he acted. Maybe it's time for you to act. Maybe some people listening to me right now got everything that the world offers. Pleasure and money, honor, power. Maybe you've got all of it. But you've lost your way. You've lost your soul. Pay attention. Let the wake-up call sink in. Realize the danger you might be in. And friends, there's nothing more dangerous than losing the soul. And then, like that unjust steward, even if it means something desperate, something drastic, act. Act now. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Act now. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers. Every day, everywhere.